Hello everyone uh, listening on Spotify and watching on YouTube. Um, we've got an episode of Behind the Broker today. So it's one, it's a part of a series where we discuss with people who are sort of ancillary products to mortgage brokers who kind of make their life easier. Um, and on that note, we've got Nicola Firth from Knowledge Bank. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, Nicola. Thanks, Marcus. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me to join in. No problem at all. Um, I would like to start. Tell, tell me about your your financial services journey and how that came to um, grow Knowledge Bank. Yeah, so my background in the industry was as a broker, and I always describe that as pre-2008 and post-2008, because those two worlds were very different, as anybody that lived through yeah. them will know. <laughs> very, very different. And uh, pre-2008, I thought, God, this is amazing. I'll never be out of a job. There's business walking in off the streets. It's fantastic. You can get a mortgage anywhere with anyone. It's fantastic. Very much and money then, to give away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, 2008 came crashing down us, and that was a different story. So, um, so yeah, things things changed, and um, you know, I, st I was still a broker throughout the whole of that time. I was still a broker, and don't get me wrong, there were times that you just thought can't do this anymore it's just it's so difficult it's so difficult which is what you know what the lovely thing is when I'm speaking to brokers now about what's going on at the minute I'm like oh, honestly it's fine it's fine it's you know this is a short-term thing it's not 2008 you know it's definitely not um you but know what it's, came... it's really interesting you tell you I did one yesterday and I said to the I said to the person the same thing can you just reassure everyone who wasn't in it because there are some real scaremongers who were saying oh, I've seen the signs before I'm like no you haven't this is not the no. same this is a little is... blip it's um it is, yeah it's not there's even, money to be lent and stuff that kind of thing isn't it this is not even on the richter scale is it i mean it's just it's really really not is it? <laughs> i mean and, and that there's so know, many yeah. there's so many scaremongers out there yes there are and it's you know and it, it i don't know why i don't know why you want to do that i mean i'm always trying to be positive even when there's not a lot to be positive about, I think you should try to be positive. But I think there's a lot to be positive about now. I mean, yes, it's tough, and yes, it is difficult. I'm, I'm you know, you can't, um, you can't say it's not. It is a challenging time for people in many, many ways. Mm. However, it's not 2008, and the, the bottom line is, banks, building sizes, lenders want to lend. They want to lend, and they've got the money to lend as well. Yeah. They didn't have in 2008, and that went on for a long time as well. I mean. Very well, yeah, because everyone talks about 2008 like we were all fine in 2009, aren't they? Everyone oh. talks about it like, oh, yeah, it's 2008 was a problem. Actually, 2011 was pretty crap. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. It was, all, it was I, for a long what? time. It really was. And, and I would say the first decent year I had after that was 2013. You know, that, that's that's how long that went yeah. on for. You know, the first thing that you thought, yes, we are back. There's a lot of talk about green shoots, but my goodness, they took some time to come through, didn't they? You know, and it, there's so one year, then another, yeah. then another. And that is, you know, exactly where, you know, my path changed. Because, of course, after that, lenders, the only way that they could lend again, they got to get comfortable with lending. And the only way they could get comfortable with lending was to yeah. set their stalls out. Okay, okay, we've had our fingers burned, but this is where we, this is what we're going to do. This is the kind of customer we're looking for, the properties, this area. This is the profile of lending that we, we can get comfortable with. And that was all about criteria. So that wasn't about rates. It was all about criteria. Because yeah. if you remember, rates hit rock bottom and stayed there for a long time, didn't they? You know. So so it was all about criteria. So lenders set their stalls out. We were like, okay, that's great. How am I going to remember all of this? Spreadsheets, yeah. little black books. Post it spreadsheet notes is, on yeah. Your computer, yeah, all up there, as I've heard brokers say, 
so many times before. You know, and it's you can't. Out of you interest, sorry, sorry to butt in, but you know that that all up there does that not drive you up the wall? Because do you know what you haven't. I, I, you just haven't. I, you can't. <laughs> but you know what? There are there are there are people. There are brokers that believe that they they actually they'll say to me. I don't need knowledge bank. It's all up there, and I was, and I, I actually when I, when they say that to them, I've, I've been known to have a little joke with them before now, and I'll say, do you know what? That is brilliant, but you know if you don't mind me saying, I actually think you're wasted as a mortgage broker. You can see them like puffing the chest out. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, listen, if you've got that kind of memory, because trust me, we have thousands and thousands of updates and additions to criteria every single month if you've got a memory like that you need to be on a poker table in vegas because i trust me now you're going to clean up <laughs> yeah you need to be rain man <laughs> counting cards because you're in the wrong job <laughs> so yeah if you've got a memory like that fair play to you but get off mortgages get to vegas yeah, and make mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you just can't can you i mean it's just good. And what's the point? What, why would you want to? What Of all the things that you could use your memory for, why would you want to? What's your specialist subject? Well, blimey, that's interesting. <laughs> Do you know what? If ever I get a mastermind, can you imagine if I, if I don't say mortgage lending criteria, that'd be a travesty, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you would say because I use Knowledge Bank. I don't need to. It's like the same reason I don't exactly. know my wife's phone number anymore. It's because it's in my phone. <laughs> it's just exactly. It's the same, and that's it's the same thing. <laughs> They're meant to make life easier for you. They're the tools for the job, you know. And we're surrounded mm. by tools now, aren't we, to, to help us in everyday life, so we can we can focus and be really good at what we do. And we don't need to to use yeah. uh, excess time, energy, memory power, whatever it may be. But it just I couldn't believe that there was nothing in the industry, you know, spreadsheets for sure. But I'm, you know, you can't keep a spreadsheet up to it. And plus, as well, a spreadsheet is not the tool for the job, is it? You know, you're trying to look at that column and then that bit and that bit. You, you just well, imagine I'm so, update that, especially at the moment. That, that exactly. spreadsheet's obsolete every week, isn't it? Exactly, exactly that. And that's what we found since Knowledge Bank came out. You know, mortgage desks don't use spreadsheets anymore. They use Knowledge Bank, you know, and, and that's the, yeah. you just can't, and, and why would you want to? I mean, you're trying to keep the spreadsheet update. We've got Knowledge Bank. Lenders are keeping it up to date themselves. That's And it's in real time, you know, so what, you can't compare, can you? But that was the frustration for me and where Knowledge Bank came from because, you know, I was sat there as a broker. This was the system I wanted to use. It's like, surely somebody's done this. Surely somebody has. And if you think yeah. about it, who should have done it, who could have done it? Well, the, the product sourcing systems could have done it, but I, I genuinely believe that they thought they got criteria on there to what their understanding of criteria was. Um, but from a broker's perspective... Yeah, yeah, what like, I thought was important. Exactly, exactly. You know, one, one tick box... The CCJ does not make, uh, you know, a, a, a sweep of criteria for understanding adverse credit yeah. because the CCJs, does it? And all the nuances. So, you know, you, you look at that and you think, hey, who else would have done it? Well, you know, maybe maybe the mortgage clubs or networks could have done it. But again, they were, they were just using spreadsheets. You've got the biggest mortgage clubs and their help desks groaning under the back of spreadsheets and, and, and sort of going with that. And... I just, I could be honest. I, I suppose that was I, people's knowledge bank, wasn't it? If you phoned up your, yeah. you phoned up your club or, or wherever it was, and Absolutely. yeah, that does seem a bit ridiculous when you, when you see. Well, I think it's the same with every um, fintech kind of advancement. You look back and you think, why, why were we doing that? Like, how did someone not think yeah. of that sooner? Yeah, but at the time, it's like everything, isn't it? I think you know, hindsight being that wonderful thing. At the time, you think there's the solution and it works. And I think if something works or works well enough. 
then is there real motivation there to spend money and do it? But I just thought, absolutely not, this can be better. This could be so much better. You know, we can, if you can have product sourcing in one place, why can we not have criteria in one place where we can, everything's updated yeah. in real time, give lenders access to the system. You know, product sourcing systems are still taking CSV files in from lenders and manually keying them on. 2023, you know, just, you've got to think <laughs> about that next. Step, haven't you? You know, and and it's and I know they're working towards something better. I know they are, but you know what? Yeah, we gave yeah. right off. We gave every lender a login to the system, and of course, we've got a team here that help lenders keep it up to or, or sense check things that are on and all of that and check. Out of interest, Nicola. Sorry to, to butt in, but how, how easy was it to get the lenders buy-in initially? Was that was that an uphill task? Was that just something that they they saw straight away? Did it was it um was it relatively easy? Do you know what? The vast majority of lenders, the vast, vast majority were like, this is brilliant. This is this is a great idea. This, they saw it. Some were slower to adopt it. You know, so, so certainly some of the bigger lenders, as you would expect, they're like, how is this going to benefit yeah. us, though? Because we it. get this anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I get that. I get that. Um, but even those lenders now, that there isn't a single lender that's not on board with it at all now because they just really? don't accept that wow. criteria searching is, is the norm. You know, it's it's spreadsheets are you know so 1993 aren't they you know we're, we're past that now so so yeah the, but the smaller lenders um the building societies the specialist lenders straight away they're like this is fantastic this will be our best performing bdm it doesn't replace a bdm but what it does is it gets you to the bdm no. quicker to have a better quality conversation and then you don't have to have a conversation which with the bdms going oh yeah no we don't do that you can see that on knowledge bank you see it straight away on knowledge yeah bank. yeah you've already covered criteria then it's that yeah, exactly. and my, i'm assuming bdms are quite enjoying it as well if they appreciate it's like anything in it? it's an added value as opposed to doing their job it literally just makes their conversations easier when absolutely and we've been very very you know right from the beginning if anybody was worried about that oh, this is going to replace bdms Absolutely not. Nothing replaces a good BDM. The conversations that you have with BDMs, all those nuances and, and thing about cases, how do you get it through, how do you present it and all of that. What this does is it gets you to that, that good conversation a lot more quickly and it cuts out the ones you don't need to have where you're missing each other playing telephone tennis only to find out they're not going to do it. You know, you find out that on Knowledge yeah. Bank and then you don't need to make the call. Do you, do you think that's why it's proving to be successful in the Gaza? You're not trying to wipe anything out only because i mean i will go through this in more detail i know obviously you're a believer in fintech and financial service or fintech growing um in the industry um but there's been lots of ones that have said they're going to wipe out certain things like you know the, the, those companies that that were going to completely wipe out mortgage brokers as we know it and, and that kind of thing and, I th and they have all been slowly but surely sort of falling by the wayside or at least making massive reductions or realizing they need a a, a call centre full of brokers to actually do this thing where you don't need brokers, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do, do you think that's what? Do you think that's the difference maker? Is that you weren't? You're not trying to change an industry. You're trying to add a bit of value. You're not. Um, do, you th do you think that's where for kind of fintech lies, or, or where, where do you think it sits? I think it does, and I think. Do you know what? I think the the biggest thing for us is that if you think about these fintechs, who are they? They are people with an idea. They're going to change the world. They get VC back in. They've got a business plan. They get funding from a piece of paper and a, and a vision, and they're going to change the world. And they don't necessarily understand what needs changing. Some better than None others. None of them are mortgage brokers. I think no, that's the difference. I think they they're software guys. They're not brokers. I think, and you you exactly. come from that background, and, and I honestly and that's think it. that's where they kind yeah. of tripped up. Is that 
Yeah, I, I would agree. That, that is a really interesting point. They, you, yeah, I think some of these guys were software guys who had struggled to get a mortgage and thought I could change that industry. Exactly, exactly. As opposed that. to exactly. actually looking at it. And... You know, and that's how you know that's how um, innovation works, isn't it? I mean, you know, you have an experience, you think I can make this better, and and in theory that that does work. And 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 actually, if you look at what they've built, they have they have achieved quite a lot in terms of they just didn't achieve what they set out to do. But what they're able to do is is they're able to get a mortgage broker to do twenty or thirty cases as opposed to eight or ten, for example. You know, because of the technology. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that as a mortgage broker? Because to me, someone doing twenty or thirty cases instead of ten. Only because I don't recruit for these companies, but I do speak to the brokers that come out of there. And um, it's not the highest calibre, if I'm honest, because they're paid. Well, well, I mean, there's loads of problems there, but one of them being that they all get paid for the same thing, whether it's a 50 grand product transfer or a 600 grand adverse. Um, so there's no benefit to them learning any harder criteria. Um, I'm not knocking them all. There are some, you know, some good brokers that come through, but I have this horrible thing that it's created a a high salaried group of bang average brokers because that's what they were told that's how you do it and I don't know for, for me it just doesn't feel maybe I'm too I'm too long in the tooth but it just doesn't feel like broken to me it just feels like order taking and um, it's interesting. You know, trying to solve the problem that potentially wasn't there point. It's an interesting point, and I think I think it's um, you know we can go back years can't we machines are taking our jobs and, and all of that and I think it's is how you use that technology. That's that's the difference. Is how you, if, if yeah. all you're doing it is just rubber stamping an order that comes through. That is that 100 that is order taking. But the good technology doesn't replace that real conversation and advice with the client. That that the good technology helps yeah. speed it up, make it more accurate, show options that perhaps you weren't aware of that you didn't think you had. It's not just a case of creating a sausage factory because that's. That's the wrong thing for the yeah. wrong reason. You know, we're sure that these. You know, I, it's funny. I, I feel like that's what they created. They could. I think they had a really good vision as to helping people, and it turned into this sausage factory. We're helping we can, and but like a data mining exercise. It just. It's um. I would love all those uh, cancellations that they have in those, and see what, if you took it to an actual broker and see what they could um, you know how they could work it because it, it just. There's a lot of people who think yeah. they can't get a mortgage, I think, because they spoke to a fee-free advisor that's clicked a button and said, oh, I can't help you, you know, and I, I, don't, think, I, don't, think that's a, I don't think that brings up the mean average of the, of the industry as a whole. No, but then again, I suppose just to play devil's advocate and look at it the other way, I mean, because I've not, I've not been on the inside of those companies, so I don't know how they work, but I think, I think done well, they can, they can provide a valuable uh, resource. Having said that, I've also seen brokers out there that, when, you know, when I was a broker and they've got four, five, you know, we go back to what we were saying earlier, oh, it's all in there. Yeah, it is. Three, four, five lenders that, yeah, you know, yeah. so that customer walks to you and says, oh, no, it's not possible because they can't be bothered because they don't know the answer. They won't research yeah, the answer. Yeah. I suppose there's lazy brokers everywhere. I just, you're right. Yeah. It's just a breeding ground. That's the only thing. But you're right. Yeah, so even in smaller brokerages or people that aren't in fintech, you're still going to get those. Crap yeah, and that's and that's where Knowledge Bank was always, you know, that was always something. Aside from believing things could get better, the number of clients that used to come my way because another broker said, "Oh yeah, no, there's nothing I can do for you there." Really, you know, and I used to pride myself on being that broker that if anybody left my office and they weren't able to get a mortgage, it's because it was not possible at that point in time. You know, I, I used yeah, to yeah. pride myself in that that I would leave. Absolutely no stone unturned. And that's where, you know, using tech such as Knowledge Bank, clicks of a button, you know, it doesn't make you lazy. What it does is, is it actually puts all that information in your hands. And then as a broker, you're looking at this. It should is be this like, right a, it's a bit like a prerequisite to, 
sorry, I interrupted again. I, I, I was just saying that it's, um, it, it's about the treating customer fairly as well. You know, if you've got four or five in your head and then you can't help them, how can you, how can you fill in the information about how you've treated the customer fairly, how you can justify what you've done if actually your knowledge isn't up to speed? I think, um, you know, exactly. if, if anything, it could help, it would help those brokers as well, wouldn't it? It does, and that's the, the, one of the very first things we put on our system is the evidence of research. So everybody that the FCA say you right. have to evidence your research. Everyone's taken that to mean, oh, product sourcing tables. Really? Is that is that your research? Is that what you do as a broker? <laughs> that's the best yes. research you got. Uh, yeah, that's research. Is it to, to get a bit northern for a second? <laughs> is it heck, research? Is it? Yes. It's really not. <laughs> You're telling me you just went on the product sourcing system and went that one no you didn't you spent hours ringing around emailing around going on websites before knowledge bank you know you did all of that now you're on knowledge bank we, we are making that research easier so evidence that then Every, use that as evidence of research from a compliance file that to me is literally bolt and braces if you've got your evidence of research of criteria your evidence of research yeah. from a product nobody's arguing with that so why why did you not you know you, you sat there in your compliance meeting why didn't you go with the cheapest uh, the cheapest product because let's be honest you know as well as i do marcus what what brokers would do traditionally would be to fudge the product sourcing systems to get the product that they were going to go with to yeah. top the lender that they One needed they that's, that's the yeah. worst kept secret yeah. in the industry and everybody knows that goes up. Now you don't need to do that. You don't need to be disingenuous. You didn't go with that because your customer couldn't have it because of what's on knowledge bank, that the criteria. So now fit, when yeah. you can't go with the cheapest, it doesn't matter. You can evidence exactly why you went with that. And it's, you know, on this day at this time, this is what these lenders were saying. So, so yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just about finding the answers and giving. It's, like you, know, you say, it's, it's basically processes, your compliance wise. Obviously, criteriaized. It just makes sense. Then they're treating the customer fairly. Yeah. It just um, that you know. It, I mean, it makes sense to me, and obviously, it's it's doing really well. But so actually, can we go back to when you started it? So when when did you have the thought for it? When did it start, and when did it really take off? So it was uh, 2015 when we first really started. You know, the the, the thought first came about, um, and then it was a case of okay, we we built. It was myself and and uh, Craig, our CTO. And uh, Craig, I've known a, lot, a long time, and he was just chatting with him. He's a real expert in UX and UI and database and all of that. And he built the initial, uh, the initial. Do you know about that stuff, by the way, Nicola? Are you are you are you quite techy on top, or do you know the vision? And obviously, your technical uh, advisor, vision, tech, or do you understand? I'm sure more the vision, but I'm a lot a lot yeah. more techy than I was uh, before. So I never started out as a techie, <laughs> yeah. but I've learned so much now. It's 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 been fantastic. But I wouldn't change the way I started because I wasn't techie when I started, yeah. and actually, that was that was the best way to do it because I never I never had to say. Yeah, yeah, I would then you say, could just say this is exactly. I would say to Craig and the tech team, "This is what I want," and you know the the, the famous phrase, "Well, we'll make it happen." We, what's this? We will make it happen. You know, because I knew what <laughs> needed to happen on screen. I didn't need to worry about how it got done. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that that <laughs> never held us back because I was able to just go with that complete blue sky vision of what the broker needed and leave it to the people who understand yep. tech and it on on screen. But of course now you know a lot more a lot more tech savvy than uh, than ever I was in understanding how that how it all hangs yeah, together yeah. in the background, which is which is incredible. So to, so 2015. Then when did it really? When did you think? 
When did you give up broking? Did oh, uh, oh I'm assuming you have. It did you was, give up broking and then go, this um, is a full time? Yeah, and do you know what? I'll, I'll be honest, I'll tell you what, it was a client that said it to me. I had a client who had built his own business from his kitchen table and he'd done so well, so well. It was an amazing, amazing business. And they, they were going into Australia and America and all of that. And it's and I'd been his broker since he was sat at his kitchen table building this business. And he said to me, he said, cause I, you know, I t talked to him about this and, and uh, I was doing his mortgage. And he said, so why are you sat here doing my mortgage? I'm like, because it wants doing, Tom. <laughs> you do for a mortgage. Is that, and it's like, yeah, and I, and I just said, but you know what? If this is such a good idea, you're never going to get anywhere while you're sat here messing about with my mortgage, are you? And I went, actually, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I thought, if I don't focus oh, right. on this full That's time, then, you know, I'm not, it's not going to happen. So 2017 was the, uh, was the real sort of point. But prior to that, what happened was, um, so my husband had got a, a good job. He worked in the motor industry um, at national account manager level, and he was, um, you know, really good job. He sort of travelled around the world, different manufacturers and all of that. And he qualified as a mortgage broker to take over the business. Um, he'd always toyed with the oh, idea, really? but that's what he did it. So he went self-employed. I stopped seeing clients. Some would say that was a risk. Um, and it was. It definitely was. <laughs> but Put all your eggs in one basket in the sense that if one doesn't work, the other one's not going <laughs> to. Absolutely. But you know what? We both believed so much in Knowledge Bank and, and, and what we were going to yeah. be doing with it and how it would change the industry. We, we were both happy to take that risk because you just when you believe in something so passionately and you believe that you can make things better and help many more people than I could just as a, as a broker, that's the bit you think, I think we can do this. And so, yeah, it was, looking back, I can see how people would look and they're like, oh, that is great, that's absolutely crazy. But... It, it paid off. It worked, you know. So it did not feel risk crazy risk. at the time. I honestly think once you look, you look back at things, you can see why what people are talking about. But at the time, did you not think it just it just made sense that you yeah, were just going to do absolutely. this? This was going to win. You, your husband was going to do the broking. Yeah. yeah. Never, never for one second contemplated it wouldn't work. Never for one second thought. Oh, what if this all goes wrong? Because you know what? If, if things go wrong in life, well, you just pick yourself, dust yourself down and get on with it, don't you? You know, it's, I would have gone back to being a yeah, broker. Yeah. You could sell another mortgage you if you needed to, couldn't you? That's yeah, the, um, you've got that. You've always got that pullback on you. Yeah, but I do absolutely. like that. And I think hopefully that resonates with some of the, some of the younger, because um, we do get a lot of like new uh, kind of up and coming brokers and that kind of thing. And also people looking to take the plunge into either self-employment or setting up their own businesses and that kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, I think that's yeah. really important to just that, unwavering belief in what you're doing yeah and you know what just on that i did that's exactly how i started the brokerage so when i went from a bit i went from being employed to then self-employed but self-employed for somebody else and then then doing it for myself and when i went self-employed yeah. um and set up my own business i've got three thousand pounds and th bear in mind this was when i started my own brokerage it was 2010 so back to what we was talking about it wasn't the best of times <laughs> you know so years in front of you yeah Exactly. So 2008, 2009, 2010, yeah, let's set up my own brokerage. And um, so everyone went, you are absolutely crazy. Seriously. I'm like, yeah, no, because you know what? People need advice more than ever. It's still possible to get mortgages. People yeah. need advice. And then I went out and employed an administrator from day one. And everyone went, right, okay, you are actually crazy because why would you possibly employ an administrator? And, and my answer to that was, because I want to be busy. 
and I'm never going to be busy while I'm doing my own admin. So I had one month's money to, to buy a laptop for myself and then also pay my administrator literally a first month's wages and that was it. And I knew yeah. then the bar was set. That's, That's what right. I need to do. You know what, actually, the, the, sorry, the, the admin thing is really important just because um, yeah. we get so many people saying, when I can afford it, when I hit this number, I will get an admin. And I always say to them, when you get an admin, you will double that number. Just, but you've yeah. got to be the other way around. You've got to be the reverse mindset of, oh, once Absolutely. I've done this, I'll do that. Because you won't, you never get Absolutely. there. You, there's always a reason. Like, there's always exactly. planning to have kids. Yeah, exactly. There's never a good time. You've got to bite the bullet and then you set your bar. So I, you know, one month's mm. wages, the pressure's on because guess what? I need to pay her next month and the month after and the month after <laughs> yeah. that as well. So it's got to work. It's got to work. And, and it did. So you just, but that's where yeah. you just need to set your bar a little bit higher right from day one. Yeah. And do you, do you think that, um, that kind of, not burn your, burn the boats behind your kind of attitude, but just like there's no other option. Do you, it obviously, I don't know if everyone's doing because I'm the same as you. I love pressure. Like I, I need that. I get quite bored if we get a bit stagnant and and things are just going well. Um, I always need that extra little little boost. But not everyone can handle not everyone can handle that type of pressure. So I suppose it depends on how you handle that. It, it, I mean, obviously you've got a, a, the massive amount of self belief. But anything, any other kind of characteristics that these brokers are looking at, thinking I couldn't do that or I could do that. I'm thinking about that. Is there anything else you think? Um, would would kind of give them the nudge if you like or or not if it's if it's not right for them i think you know i mean to, to be absolutely clear running any business is not for the faint-hearted it, it's really not i mean you will be you are running along you've got to keep looking at what's in front of you keep looking at either side of you looking at who's coming in, <laughs> into your back you know you've got to make sure yeah. when you are running the business. <laughs> absolutely and that's before we start talking about staff and problems that it's not for the faint-hearted. So, so if if you are not that kind of person, then you know maybe maybe it's not for you. And, and actually, you know what? It takes every different person to make the world go around, doesn't it? And I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not everybody can or would want to do every kind of job. But I think you know. I think the I always that, tell that brokers we... that. Um, sorry, I always tell brokers that if you are looking to start your own business to take the pressure off, you are barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, you know, yeah. they think, like, oh, once I've got people under me and it's going to be easier because they'll be doing the... I'm like, that does not happen. Your problem's just... You've got to feed six families instead of just your family. And that's sleepless nights, you know? So for people that do it to relieve the pressure, it's... it's no. you, you'll never work as hard as you do for yourself. Like, even if you think you're working no. hard now, it's... Um, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It's, it's just a, and that's, a I think you need to ask yourself, are you prepared to put... You know, if you're starting a business... You need to put your life on hold. Are you prepared to put everything in hold and put everything in it to, into it to give it the best possible chance? I mean, you know, I did that with the with the brokerage. I mean, that was in the, the most difficult of times in 2010. And I just grafted and grafted and grafted and grafted. But the, the, the thing with the brokerage is there is a set, uh, there's a blueprint. If you want to follow it, you can tweak it, you can make things better, yes. but ultimately there's a blueprint. The knowledge bank, there wasn't. There were no instructions, no blueprint. This is me making it up as I went along. Yeah. And, and but, but you've got to have, I think what you've think, got to have. Nicola, did, you, did you go, did, did you have this, like, like, how am I going to get it out to people? Because I know you had the belief in the system and the belief in, like, yeah, this is going to work. But did you have the structure in your head? Or was it like, let's get a product, I'll sort out the rest of the stuff later? Or did you, 
already have like you know how am I going to get it to market and how am I going to get the lenders to buy into it and that kind of thing or did you did you go product first I did yeah sort of both at the same time but I think I think the lenders buying into it is that unwavering belief that what you're building you're doing what you're doing for the right reasons but to like it, to, I know yeah. it's not the same, but you know when you've got that case that you're fighting for a client and it's it's bouncing about everywhere and you know that should go through. You will fight for that case because you believe in it. It's yeah, a good yeah. case. It's a good client. Somebody should be doing it. And you, you don't give up because you believe in that. You know, And it's a little bit like that. When you know what you're doing is I could see the vision for Knowledge Bank and where we were going. And to be able to put all of that criteria in every broker's hand up to kept up to date in real time by lenders in a fully searchable format that is what the industry that's what brokers needed and it's like okay if we can do that yeah, imagine yeah. help it helps the lenders it helps the brokers and it benefits their customers how can this not be the right thing and that i suppose it's a dogged determination and, and nobody would have told me it wasn't a, a good idea you know without a real fight because i was like why would it not be why would that yeah, not be yeah. a good idea You've it's got worth to have... around at the time telling you that. Have you always had a good? Have you always had a good network of people telling you it's a, a good thing, or did you did you have a few doubters and, and that kind of thing? How did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, people. I mean, right at the beginning, the one thing that when I started asking around, why has nobody done this? The one thing that I got told on mass was that it can't be done. That was the that was the biggest thing that it can't be done, and it's like, why not? You know, why can't it be done? And yeah, what I got told is that. When, Lenders won't tell you what all their criteria is. And I thought, well, that's, that's not true. Because if I ring a lender and say, look, I've got well, this they case. Want you you to know. They want you to know. It saves them a job. <laughs> exactly. We're not giving state secrets away. Here. It's just lending criteria. No, and it's just criteria. It's not, their, it's not their real policy. It's just criteria. That's that's, that's all it is. So yeah. so, yeah, I mean, there were people that, you know, said it couldn't be done. But I just thought, well, you know, and they wished me luck with it. And I thought, okay, thanks. And you know off i went because it's, enough, it's yeah. just that that belief that dog determination and also that tunnel vision you've got to have that tunnel vision um and i think you you also need to know why you're doing something as well whether it's a you know setting up your own brokerage or fintech or whatever you've got to know why you're doing it what what is the purpose and yeah. getting rich is not the answer there's a clue getting rich is not the answer <laughs> because you will spend months and years not paying yourself you'll you'll probably run into debt you'll not you know there's lots of bumps along the way if you think that what you're doing is to get rich so you've got to have the stomach for the long game you know if you want to achieve it's funny that, actually it's you know what it is the long game isn't it it's the long game because you yeah. speak to brokers and they say well i'm on 70 percent now but i'm going to set up my own business and i think i don't know any business owners that pay themselves 70 percent of what comes in so mm -hmm. If you think you're going there to make more money, I mean, you've got to look at yeah. the long, long term of what it is to grow a business. Yeah. Because if it's quick cash, forget it. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. And you know what? I think, you know, in life, my philosophy for life, always, you know, do what you believe in. Never do anything for the money. And, and you know, when I was broker, I would do, mm. I would never, ever look at the size of a case. That person that came to me with a £30,000 mortgage was important to, to me as the one with a £400,000 mortgage because it mattered every bit as much to them, sometimes more sometimes more you know and and so yeah. you don't do anything for the money if you do a good job you learn a good living and if you believe in that then that will see you through but absolutely just never ever set about anything because you're doing it for the money it's, it's the, just the wrong reason and you'll and that's really it will interesting not work. I, I literally not had work. the same conversation today with a young person who i, I was trying to say to me, you've, you've got to stop looking at the money you've got to stop looking at the result because that comes with becoming better 
and that comes with yeah. caring and that comes with everything that you're doing really well you're you're slightly missing because you're concentrating on the end and yeah. I just said just be better at all the other bits be better at all the process and then the money it's just a good result of being good you know it's, it's um it's hard it's hard isn't it especially for kind of younger generations that see like quick cash you know I want to get into this because yeah. someone told me I can make a hundred grand that, that I mean that's my, most, that's my biggest bugbear yeah. and, and to be fair recruitment as I'm in is is part of that problem where we you know people are guilty of overselling jobs to people when actually patience and hard work and stuff it doesn't it doesn't look very sexy on a job spec you know what I mean it's it's not like people don't want to look at it but that's yeah. that's the important bit in it that's what that's but what I actually think, keeps you the, the longevity and that's what yeah, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Mark, I was just saying, I think years ago, people expected to rise through the ranks. Now, thanks to things mm. like, you know, social media and these great stories that they hear on, on, online and, and stuff like that. Now they think they're going to walk in and get the corner office and the, the big car. And, and it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you, you still need to earn your stripes in life, you know. And, and actually, it's not, it's not that you need to. It's, it's you should want to. Because A, there's a sense of pride in that. Yeah. And B... If you've done those jobs as you, as you work your way up, nobody's pulling the wall over your eyes because when you get into that corner office, you know exactly what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, how long it should take, yeah. who should be doing it. You know, it's 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 worth actually learning your trade, isn't it? And, and just taking time through the ranks. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, completely makes sense. Um, can I well, touch on, I've actually already kept you for longer than I said I would, but I have got another, I've got a couple of questions that I really want to get through. One of them, because I know that you've... Um, uh, Ying's on board with you, isn't he, as, as a non-exec director? And I kind of wanted to touch on that because, not just Ned's, but I think mentors as well, and, and people that have been in the business. Because I, I, you know, he, he's a really good guy. Like, he'll speak to anyone and kind of give advice and that kind of thing. And um, I don't know if everyone utilises like mentorship and having non-execs in. How much of a difference has it made for you? What 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 kind of what does the extra hands bring? What, what extra head rather bring to the table and, and what does that mean for your business in regards to kind of mentorship or NEDs or, or anyone looking for you know an outside uh, you know someone else to work with them from the outside? Do you know what I think uh, so I think I mean obviously the two are a little bit different in terms of mentors and NEDs but uh, yeah, the yeah. number of people that, that you speak to that never even considered that in their business and if you get the right person whether it's a mentor you're looking for or a NED it's just it's so valuable it's so so valuable and you know it, it makes a difference to the business in so many ways i mean you know as a, as a you know talking about people thinking about rising through the ranks well actually if you get a mentor that expedites that growth because and actually all of this is investing in yeah. yourself isn't it so if you get a mentor you're you're totally investing in yourself and you know i've done it for other people and when i say investing in yourself mentors don't charge it's not a you know you've generally speaking yeah. you know what what do you mean <laughs> but you know, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for some sort of business coaching, that's different. Good people want to give their knowledge away, don't they? Good, good, exactly good mentors that. want to give their knowledge away because they got there. And it, it, exactly. I think that's part of being successful as well. Is actually you want to kind of give that away. But and but also on the Ned side, what I mean, how? Because people, like you say, people, some people don't even consider it because it's like our oh, business and this is in. They, they don't see the benefit, but. Talk about talk yeah. about the benefit of um, of actually having someone else coming in and, and looking at your business. So having somebody then on your board as a non-executive director, and, and like Ying, uh, he's come in uh, appointed as chair of our board. Um, his experience is 
completely different. So, you know, at the very heart of it, myself and Ying were both brokers, but what a different journey, a different yeah. different um, skill sets, different experiences, but then very, very similar and extremely aligned in, in all the areas that it matters. So having somebody like Ying come on board then with his um, experience, he brings a massive just a whole different dynamic and skill set to, to the board which is which is just mm. completely fantastic and of course having a ned they should challenge your thinking as okay why are we doing this what does this matter and you know and that's the point you know, it's somebody that, that can be they're not the point about a ned is they're not working in the business day in day out so they don't have you know you know when somebody yeah. says are oh, you too close to the, the wood to see the trees that's exactly where yeah, a it's ned true isn't, isn't it yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that they yeah, because you're, you're in the business every day, so it's next to impossible yeah. to see all of the problems, isn't it? Because you're you're in it. Uh, we find the same thing with with um, recruitment when we're speaking to brokers because they don't see it because they're in it and they're like that. We and we point out a problem. Exactly. And they're like, "There's no way we would have seen that," but that's because we're not in your exactly. business. We're just outside it. We know. So it's interesting. Exactly. That's really interesting. And the thing I would liken it to as well, I mean, everyone's got friends or family where they've seen a situation going on, good or bad, and they've got an opinion on that situation and they can give that opinion freely and in good faith because it's it's they think it's the right thing for that person and they can see this from from afar it's a little bit like a ned but obviously from from a business perspective um so having ying on board yeah. has made the world difference to our business as well as the fact that he's just a genuinely lovely guy with nice guy. you know integrity yeah. at the, the fiber of his body you know and, and it's great to work with people like that that have just got your best interests yeah. at heart and did you and feel that just... did you feel that when you first started going into it is that what like his values and obviously yours were like the way you talk about how important it is for the customer and that kind of thing was that the was that the biggest was that overriding over his experience did you think the values is kind of the ned value still have to have to yeah. align with yours but maybe it over experience yeah, you have, I mean, experience is important. I mean, you know what, if Ying had worked in a butcher's, then it probably wouldn't have worked out, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, you've got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Great value, about. <laughs> cut a bit of meat. <laughs> you've got to know what you're talking about. So, what, But it's quite easy yeah. to look around, and there are lots of people that do know what they're talking about. Put the, the practical mm. application of that knowledge and skill is something different, and how that comes out in terms of values, morals, um, ethics and all of that that's the difference and being able to work with that person as well and know that you are a hundred percent on the same side and even if you see things differently you are on the same side and that that actually is, is, is even better because then you're thinking do you know what so, so for example if Ying said something to me now this this hasn't happened but if Ying said Nick I, I think what you're thinking there what you're doing is really wrong I'd listen to him because I, I trust his judgment a hundred percent you know, I trust that his everything he does, he does for the, the what's right for the business, as we as we all do. So, given that, you know, the, the board of directors that we've got, any one of the board that, that would say, actually, I don't think we should be doing this, or I think we should do that, or I don't agree with that decision, it's not you, you straight away. You're not saying, well, actually, I think you're wrong. I do. I think it's right. You know, it's, you're not you're not in that challenging yeah, yeah. position. You're like, no, actually, Nicola, that? do you have to um, do you have to go away and sorry. I, I think there is a slight delay. I'll get that fixed afterwards. That's why we keep, I keep, keep interrupting. But um, do you think that, because uh, I asked the same question to someone yesterday, because they're the same. They've got a board and they're all very different collaborators. So, and he said, actually, looking back as being a little bit more senior is that all the decisions I made on my own were high risk. And actually, once I have that collaborative feel, but my question to him was, and my question to you is, 
as a founder, was it hard to take at first? Have you always been kind of that mindset of being able to go, right, I'll listen to them? Or is it something you have to walk away and come back and realise that, that their opinion was right? Or over time you realise yeah. that you, you need to listen? How, how were you as the founder, in, in all honesty, was it like, was it easy because it's your baby? Uh, do you know what? I think I think it's been I think it's been easy for two reasons. One, because Ying is the absolute right person to, for us to work with. Um, as I say, we match each other pound yeah. for pound, morals, values, ethics. So there's just that trust that, and we we spent time getting to know each other before as well. That's the other thing. So you know you don't yeah. want to rush into a partnership. Of course, you know you have to keep things moving. You know you can't you can't stretch that out over a course of years. Let's get to know each other over a course of five years. But straight pretty quickly you get yeah. to know can I work with this person and how's that going to work out? But I think the other thing as well is because I'm I just I don't believe I'm always right. You know I, th I think I think I might be or I think I might have had a good idea, but I want validation on that. Yeah, you, you don't know? have that and, idea and, thinking it's wrong, do you? That's the thing. You never think exactly. like, I'm, I'm doing this. This yeah. is incorrect. This is so. yeah, exactly. What's the worst result that this could possibly bring? You know, you don't. You do everything you do because you think it's right. Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah, I am. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And, and you know, and, and the thing is as well, I think why we've got such a great team at Knowledge Bank as well, and, and the culture that we've got here at Knowledge Bank is it's such a collaboration. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what job you do in the business. Or whether it's even related to the other part that you know whatever it is somebody everybody in the business feels they can say have we thought about doing this have we thought about you know and everybody will stop and listen and i love that because it just you know it, you yeah. are never if you think you can't learn anything else it's probably time to go isn't it if you you know and i think this is where things get imagine if that, think, imagine if you thought you were the finished article Imagine if you thought exactly. that was it for me, like I've nailed it. Like, how boring is life then? How? What have you just exactly. you completed it? Have you? Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> it must be horrible waking up thinking this is as best it's going to be ever. I'm never, exactly. never going to learn anything. Exactly. And, I, and I love that. I love learning. But, I, you know, you've also got to realise as well that you don't understand everybody else's perspective. And you've got to listen to other people's perspective. Mm. Now, you can then respectfully disagree with with something. But I, I think you should always say, you know, oh, this is why I think this, and this is why I disagree with that. And, and actually, that collaboration, that's where conversation starts. And conversation wins over everything because that's where you get your outcomes and, and the teamwork that's needed to make a successful business. So you've got to have that open mind. And, you know, but I do think if you're the kind of person that thinks I might want a mentor or I might take a Ned on, I think you're already in that frame yeah. of mind. You're open to, to yeah. um, conversations. I suppose, yeah, it's like someone who takes on a coach. They're already coachable, aren't they? So it's the same yeah, thing, you totally. know. Not everyone can be coached or not everyone can be mentored. But, but if you've made that decision, you're already of that mindset. Yeah. You're sort of halfway there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Um, is there, so um, what would you... Give. So any new brokers, for instance, coming out in the market at the moment, so obviously go putting your broker hat back on, and actually your knowledge bank hat, but what kind of advice would you give to someone coming into the market now um, that is new, you know, fresh, looking to even jump on and self-employed or jump in work or just coming to the industry? What Any any kind of quick-fire tips that you could suggest to people that would, that would help them in their journey? I think, I think a couple of things. I think, you know, just obviously tech being my thing research the tech that's out there there's some really 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 good tools and tech is there to help do the job and not hinder it for sure uh, make things quicker make things more accurate you know you need to you need to have the right tech in place that is 100 percent right and actually that 
put the groundwork in early on and that will make things a lot better and easier in the business as you, as you go forward so make sure that you you do that research um, spend as much time if you are new to the industry as much time learning as possible you know attend as many um, events so many online events now you can learn so much lenders are just an absolute source of information they're it's brilliant you know you, everything that you need to learn you can learn from lenders and obviously providers as well um, so definitely do that but then in terms of the way that you deal with customers you know the way that I always was open transparent um, you know you, that the honesty and integrity that you're dealing with customers sometimes you don't know how to explain things sometimes you are trying to explain a lender's decision that you don't agree with or you don't even understand yourself and you sat there thinking how am I actually going to explain this to a client but but do it don't shy away yeah. from that conversation do not shy away from it because yeah, yeah. even if it's bad news they'll respect you more for you know they're not going to like it but they'll respect you more for having that conversation and, and just you know God we, you know, we had that conversation before actually with with um someone who was uh, was a was a um a previous employee of Ying's, and he was saying about young guys sending emails with bad news, and um, you just, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, have yeah. happened before. But I think it's yeah. a confrontation thing, but and also maybe a confidence thing. But um, yeah, that, that that blows my mind that you would even you would yeah. even think of it because that's mean, what they absolutely. that's the next time they think of you. The only the only just to contradict myself, the only thing I ever used to do as a broker, if I got bad news on a Friday afternoon, I would never give it unless it was essential. We'll they had Monday. that bad news. If I thought I could fix it, yeah. And make things, but I'd never leave them to sweat over a weekend. Because why? Why would you do that over a weekend to ruin somebody's weekend yeah. when you think this is fixable and you just need Monday morning to, to fix it? You know, that's the only time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, but then that. that I don't think that's shying away, is it? That's being smart. That's being a smart broker coming back with a solution as opposed to. Um, yeah, absolutely. To, like, why away you from the, the weekend if you don't need to? It's it's you know. You, you don't need <laughs> Give them a bad Monday. This Monday already. Yeah, exactly. So, if, yeah, that was the only thing. But, yeah, I mean, just pick the phone up to people. Pick the phone up. Have conversations. Don't Emails is the quick mm. and easy way to do things, but it's not right. The conversation, that difficult conversation you have with your client, will stay with them and, and for all the right reasons. And what you've got to bear in mind is that that client is your future business because they'll come back if you treat them right they'll come back to you and how many people will they talk about so next time says oh do you know a good mortgage advisor yes i do you know that that, that person yeah. that sent the email I they're not getting the, the retention piece there is really i could um yeah. i'd chew your ear off all day about the retention side of things and when you we speak to brokers who are still buying leads after 10 12 years so like a three yeah. cycle of mortgage and they're still buying leads in and i think like how have you not how have you not retained that business just by being good just keeping in touch yeah. you know it, it, it blows my mind yeah. but yeah it's um but that, that's again something that people need to learn isn't it you know it's a it's a, it's a learning yeah, point there. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. i don't know if it's a training thing an education thing but how you don't know to be nice to your customers when you're not selling something to them is beyond me well and that's and that's the basics isn't it people people do buy from people and we talked about the you know the rise of you know the robo advice as it was a few years ago that but the fundamental is that the tools yeah absolutely get your tools in place but people buy from people and it's still buying a home is yeah. still a very emotive uh, purchase isn't it you know it really is or restructuring mm. finances for whatever reason and all of that you know people feel comfortable having a conversation at which point in that journey differs depending on the situation sometimes depending on the kind of client the age or whatever but but a conversation just that reassurance that advice you know it's everything isn't it customer service at the heart of everything you do 100 percent. yeah 
Absolutely. And that's a great way to finish, actually. That's, that's definitely going to be a soundbite. But um, uh, that's really useful, Nick. And as, as I said before, people listening on, uh, on Spotify and watching on YouTube, um, if you need to get hold of Nicola or anyone at Knowledge Bank, all of their socials will be on all of the systems so you can have a good look um, and speak to anyone there. And I'm sure they'll be happy to go through um, you know, how they, how they onboard uh, advisors and that kind of thing. So um, thank you very much. Oh, I can't put words out. I'll have to clip that bit. Thank you very much for uh, your time today, Nicola. I really appreciated it. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, if this brings some uh, brokers over to you that can understand what you do, then that would be amazing. So I will, I will uh, catch up with you soon. Fantastic. Thanks, Marcus.